We're pleased to announce that the NYMG podcast is now a part of the Blog Talk Radio network. Check us out and follow along at blogtalkradio.com slash nymgamer. Welcome to the 149th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, write about, read about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. So tonight, we're joined by not one, but two, two two drinks in one two guests <clears throat> um our two guests tonight are uh lauren woolbright hi lauren hello thank you for having me thanks for coming lauren is an assistant professor of new media studies at alma college in alma michigan um michigan oh heart flutters um she studies uh video game and tabletop uh rpg design and is interested in gender race and environmental representation our Our second guest tonight is heather burt hello hi heather um heather is the education and training director um, at Right Steps Child Care and has been working to improve the lives of children and families for almost 30 years. Uh, Heather is passionate about children's rights uh, to high quality early care and education and playful learning. Playful learning, that's an important thing. So she blogs, speaks, and podcasts as the early childhood nerd. And then last, but definitely not least, we have Alicia Carabinus. Hey. Hi, Alicia. Yo. Who are you, darling? Mm, I'm Alicia. I'm the resident hater. Um, and I'm a grad student at Purdue University where I'm getting my PhD in rhetoric and composition. And um, Sam is my person who directs all of my activities. Well, that's always a good thing. <laughs> it's good it's to good have, to a, have person. a person. She's yes. my person. <laughs> my person. So tonight we're going to go ahead and we're going to start with our usual uh, fun stuff, what you're playing, what you're reading, and what you're drinking, because those are important things that everybody wants to know. Uh, and because we like to pretend we have manners around here, um, we like to start with our guests. <clears throat> so we'll start with you, Lauren. What are you playing, darling? Well, I've been focused a lot on the environmental side of the video games work I've been doing. Um, And so I've been playing games that I consider to have interesting environmental mechanics Mm -hmm. um, or to have something to do with environmental apocalypse. So uh, I've been looking at Fallout 4 and um, I played Little Inferno, which I'm saying is a climate change narrative. Um, and Jinx Boyne wrote about that, and I was using her um, post on Not Your Mama's Gamer. So there. Th- thank you to her. 
There. 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 Sorry. I have not met them. So um, my mistake. Uh, <clears throat> very helpful post. Um, and I've also been playing Never Alone with my daughter and Little Big Planet 3. Oh, so very much Little Big Planet 3. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so mostly stuff with the kids or for research. <sighs> so Well, Fun stuff. one of mine is something that you should add to your list. Ooh, what's that? Uh, well, I don't want to jump in line, but... <laughs> Uh, I started replaying. Well, I picked up my old game, my endless game of the Flame in the Flood, mm. and it's. I bought that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's real it. good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really turns a lot of tropes on their ears. That's and awesome. Especially at the end, um, the true nature of the post-apocalyptic narrative comes out, and it's wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that I already have that one. I'll notch it up the the list of priorities there thanks if only for the music (laughs) the music is amazing it matters it matters a lot yeah yeah well since you jumped in line alicia what else are you playing uh not much it's been deadline central since we got back from conference uh but i did get to play some are you ready for this sam i played Mm. some breath of the wild I have not been interested in a Zelda game for, I don't know, 15 years. Uh, It's incredible. Everyone should play it. Everyone should play it immediately. I think it is going to have a huge impact on game design in the future. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it, too. My husband's been playing it. I get to watch him play Mass Effect Andromeda and... Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so I've been experiencing the games I want to play just by being in the same room as them. <laughs> Hashtag parenting. Well, um, so yeah, I've been playing Breath of the Wild too, and that game is amazing. Yeah. Right? So I- I'm going to call it now. I know it's early, but I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it Breath of the Wild is going to be game of the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite easily. Yeah. Quite easily. Um, And I've got to say that this is not only the best Zelda, but probably the best Nintendo property I've ever played. I I will honestly say, and this is maybe me, but I really like fully interactive environments. If something is there, I want to be able to mess with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, And I have not seen a game do it so well ever. Yeah. I would completely agree. It's really amazing. Just throw all the rocks. Sometimes you get thrown like a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that too. Chop all the trees, burn all the wood. Just handle all the things in a logical way. Uh, And that is to me like the ultimate happy. I don't even know where video games can go from here. Like I'm done. (laughs) It's like I've played Breath of the Wild. I can stop playing video games. It's been 40 years. I'm done. I retire. It has not been 40 years. But. I hope we're not done, jeez. <laughs> well, it's been 40 years for me. I'm old, shit. They don't have to do some <laughs> shit after um, this for me to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Guess I'll go study medieval literature or something. Mm. All right. Anyway. Let's not uh, let's not do that. All right. So, um, Heather, I, I know your secret. <clears throat> What's my secret? That, that you're not really, uh, you're not much of a video game player now listen 
I play Yahtzee with buddies. <laughs> that counts. That counts. That, that totally counts. Yeah, mobile I'm not. I'm not a totally game player. Count. Well, you play mobile games. I know you play mobile games because I play. Mo- I've played mobile games with you. Yeah, and those completely count. Absolutely. Well, I am down to just Yahtzee with buddies right now. <laughs> I had to back off of words with friends. <laughs> words with friends should be called words with people who are your friends for now, but won't be soon. Words with people who cheat is what it should be called. Oh, oh no. That, that's a yeah friendship ruiner. Yeah, words with motherfuckers you're about to unfriend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I might have to start playing Yahtzee with buddies. Is that what it's called? Yeah, you've played it with me before. Okay, I might have to reinstall it. In the early flush of its novelty. I might have to reinstall it. That way we can we can play something together again since you're not playing Words with Friends anymore. Um, all right. So, uh, but you okay? So you you're not a, you're not much of a video game player. You play mobile games and that's fine. That's great. I love mobile games. Oh, good. Um, but you're down with play, so that's what that's that's what we're gonna talk about today. Cause play is some fun shit, and play is the important thing. Um, so I didn't and I didn't want to leave. That's what got my invite. That's what got your invite. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, look, specialist in play. We're gonna we're gonna talk to you about this." Um, so we're gonna talk about that. But I'm gonna throw a couple of more things out because I've been playing a couple of things because I have no sense and I wanted to play the three biggest games of the year all at once to see what I could do. With you know, myself. one so of those I'm pretty sure ain't gonna be, but you know, your mileage may vary. You know what? You just hateful. Yes. Hateful. <laughs> hateful. Um, so I'm playing Breath of the Wild, as we've talked about. I'm also still playing Horizon Zero Dawn, um, but probably not as much as I was at first. Um, and here's the weird reason why, because Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn feel so, feel so similar to me. And Breath of the Wild is so much better yeah. <laughs> that every time I start playing Horizon, I'm like, oh, but really why play Breath of the Wild? <laughs> but why <laughs> would I do this? It's like when uh, um, Dragon Age Inquisition comes out up against Witcher 3. Like, you just, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a good game, but we can't appreciate it anymore because Witcher 3 up the ante. Except they had no black folks, but that's a whole I other know. Story. Oh, yeah. That's a whole, <laughs> whole other problem. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so that and then i'm also playing okay i'm sorry i know people are mad people are pissy people don't like it i'm playing mass effect i just don't much like the mass effect series i don't care about this i love the mass effect series you know i know I like make... for things to actually happen for a reason and have an impact. So you know what, you need to shut up. <laughs> they can, they can, they can make Mass Effect Match Three, and I'll be all up in that shit forever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Put it in the Mass Effect universe. I'm playing it. Uh, okay, but to be fair, Match Match Three games are pretty fun. See, there you go. Um, so those are the three things that I'm really playing right now, and I'm really debating. I'm having a debate with myself uh, because I was playing. I'm playing. Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Um, and so I'm, I'm debating whether or not I'm going to start a new playthrough of Breath of the Wild because I got a Switch, finally. No, you have to tell a short version of your Switch story, though, because it's wonderful. 
Because I have amazing grad students, right? So everybody knew that I was like on every wait list in town for a switch. And I was really pissy about it because everybody had one. Like all the grad students got one somehow because they all, well, not, okay, not you, but everybody else like went out and stood in line at midnight. You know, I'm sorry. I'm a single parent. I can't do that shit. And (laughs) I was like, I can't leave my kid in the bed by herself at like midnight and go sit there in line someplace. Um, so I didn't get one and I and I was real sad. So everybody else had one and everybody's been like been coming to campus with their little, you know, with their little switches and the little cases, showing off their showing off their Breath of the Wild games and I'm like I'm going to punch you all, get out of my face. Um <laughs> So this weekend um I get at first a text from a phone number I don't recognize. It was like they have, they have switches at Meyer, And I'm like, I don't know who this is. You might be trying to lure me into a trap and kill me. Because <laughs> it wasn't. It, I don't it has to be somebody who knows you that would know that that's good, mate. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was Tony's partner. I don't think it was Tony. That's why I didn't pop up. And um, so, and then I get a Facebook message from Tony's like, Meyer, they have it. And I'm like. I am at dinner. My mother's in town. I'm like, I am at dinner with my family. I could not just get up from the table and be like, peace out, y'all. I'll be back. <laughs> right? Because, <laughs> you know, that would be frowned upon. And I'm like, I, I can't. It's a rule follower. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I cannot do it, y'all. I can't. And uh, so, and he was like, well, I can pick it up for you. And I was like, you would be my favorite ever. Yeah, I got displaced. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> so he picked it up for me. And then not only did he pick it up for me, but he met me at the next place we were going after dinner and brought it to me. <laughs> That's beautiful. It was pretty it is, amazing. isn't it? So that made me very happy. So I now have a switch. And I would probably see. And so there's other reasons. There's other methods to my madness to, for re, to, for um, restarting my save because, okay, so I'm on my Wii U and rather than unplug it from the TV in my game room and like plug it up to the little tiny TV in my bedroom, which I never use because uh, I don't watch TV in my, in my bedroom. It's just there. Um, I kind of leave it in the game room. And in order to not lose the connection between the, the, Wii U tablet and the actual console I have to like lay on the wrong side of the bed with my head at the feet kind of hanging <laughs> off the bed because that is like the right distance from the Wii U how many tries did it take for you to get that just right you know, a, a, lo- a lot <laughs> do you sleep like that now <laughs> you know I do but see also because I'm kind of hanging off the bed if I fall asleep while I'm playing or if I like try to scratch my nose or something I'm dropping the tablet over and over again so it's it's a safety issue more than anything else why I need to restart I need to buy a copy for the Switch and replay it so it's not really my fault it's a safety issue and I'm gonna stick to that but <laughs> And I'm trying to convince Alicia that she needs to play because we also have a copy of Breath of the Wild on the on the Wii U in the lab. And I'm like, just check the one in the lab. Out. I mean, I will when Take I'm done writing the so all of my classes this semester are like in in addition to your traditional end of class seminar paper, 
we're going to need you to write like three extra papers for each class during the <laughs> semester, just, you know, for reasons. So um, I may survive to the end of the semester. I might. We wouldn't ask it of you if we weren't sure. You I mean, I can. I just don't want to. <laughs> we're just trying to, you know, put you through everything that we had to go through. See, that's some bullshit. Y'all need to stop I doing know. that. No, I'm, I don't have any grad students, so I won't be doing that. <laughs> I don't do that. You know I don't do that. Yeah, it's some bullshit. Well, there, it is waiting for you once you are done. Okay. So, that's the what you're playing. It's going to happen. You'll be okay. It's, it's going to happen. You'll be all right. Um, what about what you're reading? Um, Lauren and Heather, you guys reading anything interesting right now? Tell us all about it. Ooh, well, so I got, went to the same conference that Alicia just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I call it the dealer room because I've been to Gen Con enough times that I, it's not the publisher's room. It's the freaking dealer room. <laughs> So I go there and I buy a bunch of $5 books because why not? And I always volunteer at the Parlor Press booth so I can get one for free. Um, And I picked up, I have it over here. It's uh, The Geek Feminist Revolution by Cameron Hurley. And she's a blogger. I don't know if anybody reads her. Mm. Um, But um, so this is basically it's a bunch of blog posts that have been sort of repurposed as essays and um there's also sort of a history of her um going through trying to become a successful writer um so it's just kind of an interesting personal narrative and um it resonated with me too because um she's bisexual and trying to come to terms with that when you know she's thought her whole life well i have to be hetero you know, I have to fit these norms. I can only like guys. The only way I could like a girl is if I were a guy. So she, like, imagines herself as a guy. And I can relate to that because I discovered that I was bi well after I had been married. So it's like, what is going on with this? So it was it was helpful. Cool. That does sound really interesting. I know. Yeah. And I, super I wrote geeky. the title down. Yeah, it's totally geeky and fun. Um, I also got one about uh, the rise of geek women in, um, like, technology. Mm-hmm. I don't have that one in front. I haven't looked at that one yet, so I don't have the exact title, but something like that. Like, hmm. the rise of geek feminists or something. All right. So, yeah. What about you, Heather? You're always reading something. What are you reading right now? Yeah, I'm, I just started today a book called Changing Minds, The Art and Science of Changing Our Own and Other People's Minds by <laughs> Howard Gardner. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm, I'm not too far into that one yet. Um, but then I'm reading, because I'm also getting ready to do a big writing project, so I'm doing a lot of research reading. So I'm going back to um, original works by different early childhood theorists. So Maria Montessori and Frederick Froebel right now are on my list. Cool. Um, and my semi-annual rereading of Jane Eyre <laughs> oh, is going right now. Nice. Um, my favorite part is when she tries to talk to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but you know, I've always got a chapter and diff- like seven different books, so I'm not adequately prepared for this question. <laughs> You're overprepared for this question. <laughs> All right, what about you, Alicia? What are you reading, darling? 
Um, interestingly, I have been working on uh, the curation project for the uh, the game sig, Lauren. Um, oh, sweet! So That's... I've been the the special interest group for four C's where we just got back from is doing this huge cura- curation project, um, organizing all the resources in Zotero. Um, and of course, if it's like, would you like to do some extra work just for fun? I'm always like, hooray, pick me. Hey, CV line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't really need, but why not? Right. Um, so I've been going through a lot of that stuff and I've been picking stuff that I've read before to see how much I remember but it's it's also it's taken up a lot of my reading time, uh, so I've been more like refreshing than I have reading, except for all the stuff, of course, I'm reading for for class. Mm-hmm. I have like what six new making? books downloaded on my Kindle, but I haven't touched them yet. What? I was wondering what they are making you read for class. Uh, well, I'm taking postmodernism, empirical research, and classical rhetoric this semester. Ooh, exciting! Yeah, but you're that enjoying what you're reading in Pomo right now. Uh, I'm reading Donna Haraway for next week. Nice. Right now. So that's like my happy place. Yeah. Um, but I don't really want to talk about the others. <laughs> PTSD. That's grad student life. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. So what am I reading? Um, so I'm rereading for like the 47th time and I can never get enough of, um, is Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow because I'm teaching it in Minority Rhetorics right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we've were we been viewing 13th, the, thir- the 13th, the documentary together this week. Um, so that's been just a whole load of shiggles right there. Yay. Uh, <laughs> he- heavy stuff. <laughs> yes, it was a feel-good week. Yeah, I, they, got, they were mad at me today. They were like, you know what? That's not fair. You've been making us watch this, and we've been talking about this this week, and you didn't bring us cookies any day this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's become the unwritten the unwritten agreement, is that I know if it's going to be like a really heavy day that I come in with like a box of Girl Scout cookies, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's a fair trade. You make me cry, you give me food. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's pretty standard. So, so then they see you come in with cookies, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She should have came in with the cookies, y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to bring extra cookies next week. Um, so uh, that and um, I am reading uh, Video Games and Creativity, um, which is an edited collection um, and a really interesting one because it's not um, specifically, it talks a little about, about, cre- about creativity in games themselves in terms of narrative. But it talks about creativity um, in terms of there's like a chapter on cheating and creativity. Um, there's a, a, a chapter on pedagogy and creativity with video games. Um, and there's this really fascinating chapter on um, cognition um, and cheating. And well, I'm sorry, cheating, not cheating. Cognition, creativity in games. <laughs> Those are very um, different. Like, everything's cheating. <laughs> and cheating. <laughs> and cheating, yeah. No, no, there's no cheating in that one. Um, but there's a couple of really good uh, chapters on cognition um, and the way we think in neural pathways and how games change the way we think and the cha- ways that we understand things. Um, and so that one's been a really good read. So it's a, it's a, it's a, 396, 596 split class. So I got a couple grad students in there. Um, but 
uh, even my grad students that are in there, none of them are red comp students. So when we start, I'm like geeking out over the cognition stuff and they're just sitting there staring at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's about what I've been reading this week. Sam, I was wondering, have you been to the Jim Crow Museum at Ferris State University? I have not. Oh, that was like the first thing I did when I moved to Michigan because I took a group of students there. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. <laughs> if you, I mean, you're not going to feel good, but yeah, you, you want me, you want me sitting in the corner, balled up in a fetal position, crying, right? <laughs> and, and, and take cookies, take cookies. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm sitting in the corner with my box of cookies. <laughs> I have a box of cookies for each of you. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I may. It sounds like, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out because I've heard of it before, but I've never, like, looked actively into going. It might be pretty interesting. It might be interesting depending on um, level of graphicness. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. It might be even something to take P to see uh, because, you know, since we're working with the kids, we've been doing a lot of, like, social justice stuff with the kids, and we've been talking about... Um, Jim Crow and kids roles in Jim Crow, um, in the Jim Crow South and in the, in the civil rights movements lately. Um, so I think I, I feel like I should be feeding them cookies too. Yeah. <laughs> so. We have to stop and have like hug time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would say it's graphic, but like. The concepts are like everything that you see is like an artifact of that period. And, you know, it's definitely disturbing. Like everything in there is disturbing, but I don't know if I would call it graphic. Mm-hmm. So I may check. I may check. It might be a good field trip. <clears throat> but so that's what I'm reading. So let's get to the important thing. <laughs> Here's the important thing. What, we, what are we drinking? <laughs> <coughs> Heather, what are you drinking? I, I I see you with your uh your 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 tub wine glass. It's my tub glass. It's plastic. I drink it if I drop it in the bathtub. I like you a lot um, because it's really pretty shitty to try and clean broken wine glass out of an empty bathtub when you're drunk. Also, <laughs> when you're in it. Well, I'm, not, I'm not in it. Like I'm well, out not right now. I, like swing the towel to enthusiastically or something, and it goes flying. But. I just have a little Shiraz in here, a little red wine. Uh, Josie, my daughter's girlfriend, makes fun of me because I drink cheap wine. But hey, nothing wrong with cheap wine if it's That's good. Right. Yeah, if it works, it's it works. Something different. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lauren? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm kind of a beer snob, and Michigan is a great place to be. Yes, if it you're a beer is. Snob. No, <laughs> uh, so I've got a train wreck which is an IPA brewed about 20 minutes from here in Mount Pleasant, Michigan um, at Mountain Town Brewing Company, and it's tasty. Uh, you can, mm, IPAs. Oh, they're my favorite. The hoppier, the better. Bottle looks huge. Mm. It looks it's like not. cartoon like, moonshine. My... It looks like a cartoon <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> I'll move it closer to the camera. Okay. All right. Perspective is everything. It's as big as my head. See? <laughs> Okay. Uh, Alicia, what about you, darling? Um, well, I, I finished earlier the uh, the Wake Fire, the Blake's mm-hmm. Hard Cider mm-hmm. with a Michigan cherries and orange peel. Yes. It's pretty good. 
But um, Michigan apples too. Yeah. Very exciting. But to stay with the fruit theme, I moved on to one of my favorite things, which is the uh, the Stiegel uh, grapefruit rattler. Oh, I love grapefruit rattler. Mm-hmm. I treated myself to a four pack today because I was like, it has been a hard week, and I need some grapefruit <laughs> beer soda in my face hole. I was gonna say that's, that's that's what it is. It's a beer soda. You got to drink like four it of is, them. It is like as but... much alcohol as a beer. <laughs> Not long ago, I had a cocktail that e- I don't remember. It was either grapefruit vodka or grapefruit tequila mixed with this. That was probably one of the greatest things that I've had in a glass. It was. Wow. Delicious. Uh, um, <laughs> I am not wrong. <laughs> I, di- I dig the grapefruit beer. I could probably do that. It is uh I like delicious. grapefruit vodka. I might try that. It's delicious. <clears throat> I have some... Gra- uh, no, I think I finished my grapefruit vodka. Never mind. Well, so you'll have to drink more when you come over here. I'll just have to go get more. <laughs> well, I guess it's me. So I am... I, too, am drinking... Um, Blake's hard cider uh, because I got really excited when I saw it at the store. Um, it's a Michigan cider. Um, and being from Michigan, I love Michigan beers and Michigan ciders. So I was like, when I go back to Michigan and then come home, I always like load up the back of my car. <laughs> like, yes. The last time the that we went together, it was <laughs> extreme. <laughs> it was, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> Um, so I got excited when I saw the Blakes and I got, um, a, a six pack of the wake fire, which is like apple, like Alicia said, apple, cherry, and the orange peel. And I also got a six pack of their seasonal, um, Archimedes, which is of course, it's still, uh, apple cider, but it has, um, vanilla and elderberry in it. Um, and I was expecting it to be sweeter. But it's not really. Um, the elderberry is super tart, so it's a, it's a really dry cider. Um, but it's good. So it's, I just because I said I was I was surprised. I was like, it's not sweet. Not that I don't because I like dry ciders, but I was expecting it to be sweet, especially when it was that pretty purple color when it went into my glass. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm drinking an right now. I'm drinking an Archimedes. Uh, elderberry and then I have my wake fire on backup right there and then if I finish both of those before the podcast is over I'm going for straight vodka because that's all I have upstairs <laughs> after that <laughs> it's a good plan solid uh, uh, hey you gotta have goals in life you gotta have goals <laughs> yup so and those are mine alright so that <clears throat> will bring us to the end of what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. And wonderfully, that can bring us into the topic of the week. Topic um, of the week. Dun, 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 dun. We, we need a little topic of the week song. Right? With a yeah, like Oh a, my a God. Jingle. That sounds like a challenge. That was a challenge, wasn't it? Alicia, <laughs> you need more stuff to do, right? <laughs> Exactly. God, she no, I don't. I'm nearly die. enough to do. <laughs> so for our next podcast, Alicia will have for us <laughs> Sam's severed head, which I shall hold aloft by her hair. <laughs> but we'll still pour bar- vodka into your mouth, and there I we might go. have written a song also. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, play it at the funeral. You can be buried with your lineup of drinks. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that. (laughs) As long as you bury me with alcohol. This podcast is already going places. (laughs) It's because I'm here. I I know you're talking about decapitating me and pouring vodka into my dead decapitated Mm. head. There's nothing worse than Duke Nukem ever did. Right. That's right. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, oh, you know what? Speaking of Duke Nukem and offensive games, um, I also played <laughs> <laughs> anime, anima, uh, Gate of Memories, which you can read all about with the rapey book and uh, the horrible gameplay on the website <laughs> this week. All right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, as I said, rapey gameplay. Yeah, there. <laughs> There's it's our another song. jingle. You're just on fire. <laughs> it's the it's the grapefruit rattler. Ooh. It powers my music. I'm gonna be singing rapey gameplay all day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you remember how we were gonna have a podcast about kids? Yes, I know. I was gonna so, say I'm gonna be sitting in a building with children under the age of five. <laughs> we're the worst. With your rapey. jingle stuck in my head. Rapey gameplay. <laughs> I'm here to help. Mm. All right. So here we go. Our topic of the week. <laughs> it's not All rapey right, gameplay. Let's play. do this. <laughs> Our topic of the week this week is uh, children play and games. Um, we brought together this uh, eclectic group of folks <clears throat> for a number of reasons. Alicia and I, of course, are here because, you know, we are, we are, uh, a part of Nim Gamer, but this we also both have live. children. Yes, this is where it. we live, <laughs> and we also both have children. Um, and not only do we both have children, but we are both currently um, homeschooling children. Um, and I also, in a previous life, believe it or not, was an elementary school teacher. I could see that with the cookies, you know. <laughs> exactly, got to bring cookies, but bring not cookies. so much maybe with the swearing, right? <clears throat> I didn't swear in that's class. Why, that's why it's a previous life. <laughs> <laughs> they ran me out of there on a rail. <clears throat> Sam um, is evolving. I am a new power is cursing. <laughs> that was the nerdiest joke of the day. <laughs> I'll Good take one. it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> and then Lord, Lord. Sam. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm trying to pull this back together right y'all. And then Lauren, of course, also has children of her own who she plays games with sometimes when they're not locked in a closet. Kidding. Just what are you saying about my parenting? Jeez. I have a stay-at-home husband. He can do all the work. (laughs) Good job. Yeah. He's going to love to hear that. I'm sure. And then Heather, Heather, who we we love dearly, um, who we do love you dearly, (laughs) is here not because she has children, because she does have children. <laughs> well, yeah. They're grown children now. Yeah. Um, and, but because she is an early childhood education specialist um, who's really down for some play and education. And she and I really kind of bond over our, our beliefs about early childhood education. Yes. As we scream profanities at a lot of the things that go over in the edu- go on in the education system, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and when she says bond, <laughs> means 
scream what the fuck. <laughs> exactly, over and over again. <laughs> I already want to do that, and my oldest is just in kindergarten. Oh, not about our own kids. Mm. Oh. No. Just about I all no, no. in general. We're what the fucking about other stuff. <laughs> oh, I meant what the fucking about the system. Mm. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. chewing on my child. Yes. I'm with you. It ends. Yeah. It ends. We're, uh, we're probably not going to keep homeschooling just because, I mean, I'm a PhD student and Sam is mean and I have a lot to do. <laughs> um, and it's, it's surprise. It's super hard, it yeah. but you know, we're moving this summer and I keep looking at all these houses and then looking at what school then my oldest child will be assigned to. And I'm like, it makes me want to firebomb stuff. Yeah. Just, just find the school district with the highest per capita income. No, because that's the one where they really like are terrible. I guess about discipline and stay in your desk and don't move or speak or actually be a human. That's oh, every God. school. That's every school. Well, yeah, and, and that was that was our that was our biggest problem when our our kids' charter school closed. Is that these kids have they're they're eight and nine and they've never sat at a desk. Right. They've never had to be quiet or do. I don't think that my child could be quiet. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. And but but <laughs> no, I mean, but he's a great kid. He just needs. I know he needs things the way he needs things like every kid. Sitting still and being quiet are not marketable job skills. No, they're not. Yeah. And it's a ridiculous expectation to have of children. It's great preparation for the office later on or the, the faculty meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't sit still or be quiet in fact. Yeah, me either. <laughs> That's probably for the best. They need yeah. somebody who doesn't. I mean, so I mean that 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 was that was that was the uh, the real impetus for for homeschooling for I think for both of us, but definitely for me is that, you know, here's the here's where we have found this thing that we thought was perfect for our kids. A place where well, they Well, it was working okay. Well, I'm I'm talking, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about how it worked overall. I have found someplace that I thought was perfect when she started going there. Of course, every place has its problems, but, um, but in terms of, in terms of being project-based in terms of not focusing on test scores, in terms of not saying here, you have to sit here and sit still all day, but you can move from station to station. If kids Need. And you can chill in a bean bag if that's where you bean need bags to be. Bean bags and yoga balls, or if you want to make a you want to make a blanket for it and read your book under the table, you can do that. Can we right? do that at the faculty meetings? That would be good. I would I would like to do that at faculty <laughs> meetings. But I mean, just in terms of being able to do that and make you comfortable in your own skin, especially because I have a kid who likes. She likes a little seclusion <laughs> when she's when she's learning. She's like, I, I I need to be here. I need you know, like she's like, I need a blanket and I need teddies and I need these things because this is this is what makes me safe feel safe and this is what makes me feel comfortable and this is what makes me feel happy in my own skin, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that is what she needs in an educational space as well, right? I mean, so when you're talking about, you know, schools where they're like, no, you can't bring, you know, you can't bring stuffed animals. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. You got to sit at your, you got to sit at your desk. No talking. You know, if you need to read, you need to sit here and read, um, at this table, at this desk, um, and you have X number of minutes to finish this assignment. 
you know, and, and all of these things that are just counter to every everything she is yeah. as a human being. All right, we're going to give you a timed math test. You have a minute and a half to do X number of problems. And if you don't, we're going to make you feel like crap. Yeah. And assume um, you don't I know have math. A friend. Right. Yeah. I have a friend whose twin eight-year-old daughters just took a very important standardized test and they misinterpreted the instructions, which were not written very clearly. And she has meetings now so that her children don't fail their grade. Nothing else they've done matters. Yeah. The test. That is BS. Eight years Eight. old. Jesus. Yep. What does that do to those children if they end up being held back? Or even just knowing that their mother is at the school now giving up her work time to fight for them to not be held back over that test what does that do to those kids and who knows how it's affecting that mom's employment if she's employed to have to come and take yeah. all these meetings oh she is school. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep well now you got me all pissed off <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a good conversation otherwise oh it would <laughs> well so Go ahead. I was gonna say, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go in and we're gonna start talking because play and games are play a big part um, into what I've always done as an educator because I was always even back in the in the Stone Ages when I was teaching elementary school, I was big on games in the classroom, um, and and now as a homeschooler, I'm still really big on games um, and looking at ways that we can use games for educational purposes. But so let's get into some questions <laughs> or some conversations. How's that? Because we don't like questions around here. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> and and see where <laughs> and see where that takes us. But what were you going to say, Alicia? I'm sorry. I cut you off. I just, I don't know. It's not a question with an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, the obvious answer to this, I guess, instead is capitalism and bullshit. Yes. But, now that I'm in a room with with <laughs> experts, it, what? How the fuck did we get here? Well, there, there, every bit of research indicates that all of this is wrong and bad, and every other bit of research indicates that all these other things that we should do are good and effective. Yeah, yeah. we don't do any of that. We do all this capitalism and bullshit. Yeah, are are big pieces of it, but also because we have people with no expertise making the decisions. God, yes, especially yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now more than ever. And and even sometimes people in the system um, go by, really, I mean, they're, they're going by their memories of playing school as a child, and that's what they're basing their teaching practice on. Yeah. Or they're just, like, rehashing the way that they were taught. Like, it was done this right. way for me, and this is the only way I can right. possibly imagine it being. Right. So I even can't... with a lot of good training... <clears throat> You revert to that tool that's most familiar, um, unless you're intentional and reflective. Which you know, right now I'm, I'm working on a project uh, um, that I'm going to run in the fall. I'm surveying students about the kind of instruction they've come into the university with. So I've been talking to a lot of high school teachers from around the country, and I'm surprised by how many teachers who would call themselves like really progressive and really against this model end up defending it. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times like progressive isn't an adjective. Well, I don't it's, mean it like uh, that. 
Well, no, I mean, that's, that's when I say I'm progressive, that means I'm always looking for what's current and I'm doing that. But a lot of times it's like saying I'm Montessori, I'm Walden, I'm whatever, I'm progressive. It's a product mm -hmm. for a lot mm -hmm. of people. It's not an, an adjective to describe their growth mindset. <laughs> so I don't know. Words make me crazy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I mean, because I, I think about myself as a teacher, right? And I think about myself as a teacher when, even when I taught elementary school. It's like when I saw kids who were like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. I cannot see myself in this in any way, shape or form. I clearly and immediately recognized that that was why students weren't working up there to their potential. Um, so it became my goal in life then <laughs> to try to figure out how to help them work up to that potential rather than saying you fail because you don't. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. I, and I, I don't, I don't understand people, people who do that, do that you fail, fail because, because you don't, don't without, without making, those, making <laughs> those attempts. It's just too, it's easy. too much effort. Yeah. So I'm going to refocus on these kids who are doing well, who don't require so much from me. And then I feel like yeah. a good teacher. Yeah. It's just easier to say you don't, you don't cut it. So deal with that. Right. Because then it's not on the teacher, it's on the student. Yeah. Oh my God, can we talk for a minute about how <laughs> pissed off I get when we hold kids to a higher standard than we're willing to hold ourselves to? That makes oh me crazy. God. Ah, sorry. Not really. No. Am I sorry? <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Right. right. Not right. sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Mm. All right. So let's 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 go to happier space for just a moment and then we'll come My back to bad. the we'll go back to the pissed off space everybody drink <laughs> everybody <laughs> drink i just refilled my glass so i can drink mm -hmm. so um i'm about a couple of kind of questions off so just for framing because i you know i've told my own history um a little bit but um and everybody who, you know, listens to the podcast knows that, you know, I'm old and I play games and I do all this other stuff. But, <clears throat> um, so Lauren, tell us about your history with games. Oh, it's been a rocky one. Um, <laughs> uh, I played, my parents didn't allow us to have a console, my brother and I, my brother's two years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did have a Sega Genesis. So, so we had that, um, and we had a computer and mostly like educational games. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did have, I don't know, my dad must've gotten it for free somewhere somehow, but it was a demo disc of just a bunch of different games. And our favorite one was Jetpack and, uh, Jetpack had a level creator, which was like my favorite thing ever. And so like my 30 minutes of computer time that I got every day, <laughs> I would spend designing levels in Jetpack. Um, and, I mean, we played Warcraft 2 and StarCraft. and um, But then, I don't know, we got to an age, um, and again, my brother's younger than me, but we were playing all the same things, and then all of a sudden he was wanting to play Quake 3 and Duke Nukem. And I watched him play Duke Nukem, and I was like, this is horribly disturbing to me, you know, like a 12-year-old person <laughs> and I was like I'm not not hanging around for this you take the computer uh, 
I'm a, I'm gonna go like play soccer. So I did sports instead. Um, and uh, I didn't really come back around to games. Like he got obsessed when EverQuest came out, and he would like sneak into the computer room at night and play EverQuest all night. And I was just like, you like you do your thing, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I felt excluded. Mm-hmm. from game spaces like when I got to college and had my own group of friends they were playing Halo Halo 3 came out it was a big deal um, but they never invited me to play I was invited to watch so I could like sit there and watch them play capture the flag and Halo as much as I wanted <laughs> um, Woo! My, hand me the controller hell no um, I did play Smash Brothers though and I kicked ass but <laughs> um, so really I I was more into tabletop RPGs Mm-hmm. And like that was my first, that was my my gaming. Um, and when I got married, we were doing a lot of tabletop RPGs, and I was just kind of like I was in a literature MA, so I was reading all of these novels and stuff. I was reading that medieval literature you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my husband's playing Dragon Age in the same room with me, and he's playing Mass Effect. So I'm like getting exposed to these games that have more of a narrowed focus, that have interesting character development that have relationships um, happening that are more complex than I I didn't really know that that was possible Mm -hmm. and so I started to think of them as just you know text to study like anything else Um, and so I completely changed gears with my PhD project and shifted to games after just one semester in my PhD at Clemson Um, and then Gamergate hit like the next year and I was like, yes, I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to play everything. And I am, I'm teaching this stuff and we're watching Anita Sarkeesian and we're going to talk about argument and, um, we're going to map the thing out. And, you know, so it just, it sort of fell into place, but I, I don't know people, I'm sure the gamer gators would call me not a real gamer because <laughs> I never, like, I never got the opportunity to play a Zelda game as a child. Like missed out on these things, um, but I'm doing them now. <laughs> I have to, like go back and get my history, work up my pedigree, so I can be a legitimate gamer. <laughs> oh my um, god, legitimate, right? I know, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I mostly like when it's what I want to play. It's mostly mm-hmm. these sh- like, these small indie games on Steam, and I just buy them by the bucketful. So, <laughs> well, Steam is great for that, right? Yeah, I love it. But so here's an interesting thing is that you have a, a similar background to a, to a lot of folks that that I know in that you know especially folks your age in your age group. See, I'm old and and my first my first quote unquote video game was a digital game was those with those old handheld Coleco game the Coleco football games where it was just like the little red the little red dashes that ran across the screen. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm old and um, you've you're seen really the whole proud history of being old. I am proud of being old because you know a lot. I'm still alive, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you study folklore, you know once you get to that crone archetype, you get past the mother and you become the crone. You have all the power, so embrace it. I'm 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 trying to get there. (laughs) (laughs) I still got an eight year old running around who will let me get past the mother part. (laughs) Um, You never really get past it. You just and you can be a crone no matter how old you are. I'll take it. Few. I want to so, be a crone. <laughs> it's it's super awesome. But but as I was saying, you you because you're in that age group, you 
you have a similar background to a lot of other people um, that we've talked to is that you have parents who are like, okay, we don't, we're not going to have a console or if we do have a console, we're going to focus Games on these. bad, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. This we, couldn't possibly be good for you. So you get this much time. You get this much time. And in that, in that, this much time you can play, play like math or, or, or where, where world the world in San Diego or these games that are considered educational. Right. Um, I, mean, I totally played Math Foster. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Um, I mean that that was that was what we, that was what we did with kids and games back in the day when we wanted to like hook them into something that we thought would be educational yet fun, um, <laughs> which and oftentimes it was neither. Uh, Math Blaster was all right, <laughs> but I didn't have anything to compare it to. So, so, so of course it was fun, right? Yeah. So, but when you because you have two young children of your own now. Right. Yeah. So, how does play specifically and video game, well, play in general and video games specifically, come in for you as a parent? I mean, it's just so natural. Like they, we use the PS4 to do all of our media, mm-hmm. complete. And so, like my daughter had that controller in her hand from like the earliest moment and god help you if you picked up that controller she was going to get it from you (laughs) and she might just like she did destroy one of them um and they're definitely worn in places i know it's her (laughs) um but so like once she got to the point where she could actually do it herself like she could do more than just like navigate netflix Mm -hmm. you know that was that was her first play i'm gonna go this way and i'm gonna go that way um and i love how she gamified netflix it was fun let me push enter on this one. I'm like, no, that's a horror movie. Let's get to Netflix, kids, quick. <laughs> Curious George, where is he? Um, but yeah, so I tried Minecraft with her because, you know, that's kind of the, the, the pinnacle of gaming parenting, mm-hmm. right? To play Minecraft mm-hmm. with your child. Um, and she didn't really take to it that well. But uh, we oh God, you're so lucky. We went to South Carolina for Christmas, and um, we had access to my PS3 because we gave it to my my sister-in-law. We're very generous people, and I was like, "Oh, I can play all my PS3 games! Yay!" Um, so we're playing all these PS3 games. I picked up Little Big Planet One, and my daughter just like jumped all over because you know it's the cute little sack thing that you can dress up and. So, so like that, that got her. And then she like, she learned how to jump and grab and there was mm-hmm. crying and, you know, there was a lot of frustration, but I, I think it's so important for her to work through that. Yeah. And, and for me to go, no, sweetie, really, it is okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay to, to fail. And, like, did you see mommy like fall into that fire pit eight times? Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try <Right>. again. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So, no, I'm, I'm, I get, I get it, so excited no, it, because it, it is this whole the notion of like the pedagogy of failure and teaching kids that they can learn yes. through failure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The, it's okay. Like also, I just don't want her to feel like she should, she, she's too yeah. afraid to try anything. I want her to be bold and I want her to know that if she makes a mistake, it's not right. the end of the world. And like, she's, well, she's predisposed to think that because she's my child. <laughs> That's how I am. Well, here's um, what I find interesting not- about that. Yeah. It's just really briefly. My, we talk about this a lot because my son will die in a video game 300 times and not even think about it. Mm. But anything else, he's mm-hmm. terrified of failure. Huh. So it doesn't transfer. It doesn't for him. 
We have to talk about it over and over and over. Because he, he understands. We've had this conversation too over and over. Video games aren't real. Playing the piano, that's real. He, his little hands are actually on the piano and music's coming out. It's not that much different from hands on a controller. It's not, I guess it's not but hands on the rock that your avatar is holding. Yeah. So, and I, I, yeah, I just find that really fascinating. I think it, it depends on the it depends on the child, right? Um, yeah, because yeah. The, yeah, you know, my kid is completely fine with doing things over and over again to learn how to do things, right? Um, but so she does it not only with games, but she also does it because she does it with her art, right? Uh, because she draws um, and she is completely fine with, you know, drawing one particular character or one particular scene 10 or 15 times until she gets it to the point where she wants it to be. She's like, oh, no, I don't like the way this is. I'm going to do it again. Right. So it's like that that whole I'm, I, I failed. And she actually calls it that she was like, oh, yeah, I really bombed that one or that one really. And she'll and then she'll just flip and she'll keep and she'll keep going. <laughs> Um, which is, which is, which is That's really awesome. good. Um, yeah. because that is the way that I think her art just continues to get better because she's not afraid that she doesn't go, Oh, that drawing sucks. I'm just not going to do that anymore. So she just keeps doing it over and over again. And she does it with games too, um, uh, which makes me happy because, <laughs> um, you know, they're young and they, they, they will kind of fail at things over and over again, especially things that they have never tried before. Because one of the things that uh, we've been doing with them lately is having them play some of the classic games. And those classic games are brutal. They are. It's like you got three lives and you're dead forever. Um, So just, you know, to think, (laughs) but then to stop and think, right? So, you know, those, to think about how you process those things, right? So it's like, okay, so you did this the first time and you didn't make it. What could you have done differently to perhaps make it? To, so to try that over and over again until you figure that out. I mean, that's what we did as, as I wasn't a kid, but as younger folks, and you guys were kids, um, or some of you anyway, were kids when you were playing the early platformers, <laughs> is that you had to play them over and over again. You had to make that jump over and over again until you figured out one exactly uh where you had to make the jump from uh and two um how fast you needed to be running or any of those things so i mean i think that's in- i think that's interesting um because it it, it for me I, I justify it by saying okay so it gives kids that chance to realize that they're not going to get everything on the first try and that they have to try it over and over again and they have to try different ways of doing things. And I think that's the most important thing because even I, as a gamer can be really bad with that. If I'm playing a really hard game, like I will find myself sitting someplace and doing the same damn thing over and over again for like an hour until it just like finally clicks. And it's like, shit. Okay. Maybe I need to do something different. It might be the conditioning from those older <laughs> games where it's like, if I just jump just right, like I yeah. have to do it this one way. Yeah. Uh. Maybe. One of the unexpected things that can't, has come out of playing Little Big Planet was actually like 
diversity education. I, I didn't really expect it because, <clears throat> I don't know, she likes to play with dressing up the avatars, but um, she also watches a lot of oh, yeah. YouTube videos. I don't know if your kids have been on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it's a freaking toxic wasteland. <laughs> Um, so like one day she's watching this video and it's like, it's Peppa Pig and she's dressed like Elsa from Frozen and she like puts on her makeup and goes out for a walk and she runs into Maleficent who like does a spell on her to turn her ugly, which is coded as buck teeth and freckles. So, so Peppa Elsa goes running to Spider-Man and crying and he comes and like makes it right she turns pretty again and then they kiss and i'm like okay like what is the laundry list of things wrong with this video i have to like talk to my daughter so this is the struggle (laughs) for children who have parents who are rhetoricians yeah right right you're gonna have to listen to me now right (laughs) like oh you just watched this thing that was 10 minutes long now here's your 45 minute lecture with readings on how you need to think about yeah I was just asking her thing. Well, so what I told her, I was like, first of all, girls don't have to wear makeup if they don't want to. Like, girls don't have to feel pressure to be pretty. So she started getting mad at me. Um, And then I was like, and you know, it would be cool if Spider-Man wanted to wear Elsa's dress. Like, he could be pretty if he wanted to. And then she got really mad. (laughs) And so I have my five-year-old like screaming at me, no, mom, boys can't wear dresses. So then I go on Google and I find all the kids' books I can possibly find about boys who wear dresses. (laughs) And I'm like, see, look, look at these images of, you know, look at the, the, what's going on in this book. See how, and I forget the name of the character, but I'm like, it's really important to him that he wears dresses. Um, And then this like spiraled into a conversation where like, if you want to get married, and you don't have to do that, a boy can marry a boy, and a girl can marry a girl. And so, like, that day, she was just, like, nuclear at me. <laughs> but then, like, and I was like, I well, failed. I- this is the end. I've lost her. She's five, and I've already lost her. Um, but, like, a week later, I heard her lecturing her friend about this as they were both playing Little Big Planet. And she's made an avatar that is, like, girl hair, a tuxedo, and a mustache. And I'm like... Oh, my beautiful child. <laughs> like, this is so wonderful. Like, so she actually internalized it, even though she wasn't going to tell me that she had. And it, it came out through the gameplay. And I would never have known if I hadn't, like, been in the room when she was playing with her friend and going, no, boys can wear dresses. Watch me put a mustache and I, I think, I think a skirt on this think is really important. Here. And not just video games for that kind of thing. But, I mean, I think back to, like, all the times that I have watched, like, kids in my daughter's daycare, right, play with those, play with those roles, right? Right, so it's like, what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to play dress up, so we're going to mix, we're going to mix different costumes and think about what this person would be or could be or what this role play would look like if, if, um, you know, Tommy is wearing a um, a princess dress and a top hat and carrying a cane um, and a purple pocketbook. You know, what is this going to look like? What would this character be like, right? But not in terms of thinking in terms of stereotypes, but thinking in terms of the way that they use these things, right? Because when we let kids do the... I'm a firm believer in the fact that if we let kids do things on their own instead of saying here is what this thing should do and here is what this person should be like 
that they will come up with some pretty fucking phenomenal stuff. Right? Which means we need to come to a clear understanding about what play really is when we're talking about playful learning. Absolutely. Um, Because it's not just turning your academic goal into a stupid game. It's it's letting them take the lead. Well, they see right through that shit, you know? Well, yes, they do. But the adults are so so slow to learn that that's (laughs) happening sometimes. (laughs) Um, I don't know how to make the game to teach the adults that. But but, you're too scared to play it. Understanding that it's the authentic child-driven experience that is valuable as play and not what can I do to make this seem funny or silly, but still, but still do my stupid goal. Right. Right. You know, you know, let's get it. Let's get beyond all this bullshit about learning objectives and learning goals and, and, and reading readiness and kindergarten readiness and all this other shit and just let kids play. Right. Yep. Yep. Let's not make it this structured thing. Like you have to sit here and here are the rules and here's your thing. And you can do this with this Mm -hmm. thing and only this with this thing, because this doing this with this thing is going to teach you what you need to know for kindergarten. When really it's just more easily measurable for the adult. It, it comes back to adult convenience over what's best for the children. Absolutely. My God, you're taking me back to birth. Like what's convenient <laughs> for the doctor and <laughs> not for me. It's the same damn thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. It's the pathologization yeah. of birth and the pathologization of learning, right? So if we pathologize this, then we can, we can, we can say, here's, here's where this child is deficient. Here's where this, this, this pregnancy, this person, this mother is deficient, right? So we can fix this, right? right? And it becomes easier to say, this person is deficient and we can fix it than yeah. it is to say, different people come to different shit in different ways. Let's look mm-hmm. at how this happens. We need to learn stop. to assess that. Yeah, we need to stop talking about children as sponges and pitchers and blank slates and all that bullshit and understand that they are competent and they bring all kinds of knowledge to every situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so much readiness, so much of the learning objectives and the academic standards is really insulting to what children really are able to do. Yeah. Really limiting and it's really... Um, taking like the lowest the lowest possible thing we could expect from a child instead of understanding what they're really capable of if we understood them better Mm -hmm. tell us how you really feel heather exactly (laughs) i mean so so here's the thing and and i have to admit um I, i i struggle sometimes with doing even what I know is right and what I feel in my heart of heart of hearts is right when it comes to my own kid. Mm-hmm. Right? I struggle. I, I struggle mightily. <laughs> right? Because, you know, doing well, it well is harder than doing a shit job. I mean, that's yeah. your struggle. You're, you're struggling to do it well. And so it's harder for you. I, I'm, I'm struggling to do it well. Yeah. But I'm also struggling with how not to pathologize my kids' own education. <laughs> Oh my right. God. I, I yeah. do. Right. Because I look at, I'm like, Oh, she should be doing this, this way instead of that way. Right. And because she, she learns things in a totally different way than I do, but it makes perfect sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I am more methodical. Um, and uh, Alicia will tell you, I have ducks in a row and I have to do the same thing the same way every time, or I screw it up 
immensely. Um, but she's a creative. She is a creative to her core, right? She will do things just her way. And it might look bass backwards to everybody else, but she gets where she's going, right? And I, and I think that that's the interesting thing, right? So I have had to, especially, you know, being a homeschooler, right, had to learn to say, okay, Sam, back off, let that shit go. She's going to get there as long as you know she understands it. Let's keep, you know, we'll keep doing it the way she wants to do it and see what happens, right? Because she's had a fear of, um, she's not, she she likes to be read to, she likes to listen to audiobooks, um, but, and and I'm sorry, I'm gonna be a real bitch here, and I'm gonna say, it's it's the part of, it's the, it's the fault of school that she doesn't like to read as much as she doesn't like to read, because they forced her to read out loud. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever met my kid, she is extremely shy. Mm-hmm. And that was what they did for assessment from first grade, which makes no fucking sense to me. Oh, yeah, they're doing it in kindergarten here. Right. To have them read orally is the way that they assess them. And I'm like, no, assess comprehension. Assess whether or not she could understand what she's read rather than saying read aloud to a kid who is painfully shy well they don't care about comprehension until third grade and by then they've done so much to prevent you from you're screwed yeah i i, mm, I can't yeah <laughs> it's like, I, I, i'm like ah um, yeah. so but the thing is is that i've i've like learned to back off from that right i'm like okay i'm gonna back off from it i'm gonna let her do her do things her way she can read what she wants to read i'm like i don't care when, when we first when we were, we were homeschooling i was like she's like well what do i need to read i'm like whatever you want she's like huh i'm like whatever you want <laughs> and she was like whatever i want i was like comic books chapter books bob books the side of a cereal box i don't care what you read as long as you're reading and she looked at me like i was absolutely insane <laughs> that's when you know you're doing it right right <laughs> But then, I mean, talking about talking about readers. Um, so I was thinking about this because uh, you know I'm not a gamer, so I don't know anything about what you guys are talking about when you're talking about specific games you're playing, or what your kids were playing. But you, you all three of you talked about um, your children's attitudes about risk and taking chances and failing and trying again, and that was interesting to me because we know now that children who are allowed to engage in risky play mm-hmm. before they start to learn to read become stronger readers mm-hmm. because they're not as afraid of the risk and the taking a chance and sounding it out and saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so for my, my mind, risky play usually goes to, well, let them climb on things and let them jump off of things and let them use a real hammer. But I hadn't thought about the connection with mm-hmm. video games. Yeah. I think, um, it's also been a motivator for my daughter because like, she wants to engage with the community aspect of Little Big Planet where people are publishing the levels that they've made. And like she wants to be able to read the dialogue that's coming up in these levels. <laughs> and, and she's like sitting there, she's like screaming the sil- like the sounds <laughs> of every uh-huh. word. Um, and <clears throat> she can also design her own levels and she can write text. And so she's experimenting with that and it has an autofill. So it'll like, when she types a letter, it will suggest like seven or eight things. 
And so she can try to sound out those words to figure out if they're what she wants. And it's just really cool to watch video games motivate her in that way. Because again, unexpected. Yeah. But that brings it back to play. I mean, that's right. that's one of the reasons play is so valuable for children's learning. I mean, it's valuable because that's how they're wired to learn. But it's also valuable because a motivated child um, is going to learn more effectively. And a playing mm -hmm. child is a motivated child because they've been allowed to pick and they've been allowed to set their own goal and they've been allowed to um, decide what is their motivation. Mm -hmm. So it's so much more effective and she's going to you know, she's going to become probably a stronger reader because of that than if you had got the, you know, my fucking baby can read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't do any of that shit. There's <laughs> some flashcards. Read them. I, and I hate yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's another thing. It's like, those are those are like my sneaky ways of, of, of getting her to kind of push her reading level a little bit. Um, and, and I still do sneak things in, right? So it's like, She's like, I want to play this game. And I'm like, sure, you can play that game, right? Because I know that that, that game has a lot of text, right? It's got lots of cutscenes that they were they're voice acting, but then there's also well, she has to she has to read mm -hmm. like to make decisions. So she's like, mm -hmm. okay, so choose one. So she has to read those. Mm -hmm. Um and then but she, she never thinks about that as reading. Right? <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. She's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. And I'll hear her. Um and it's it's funny. I mean, there's another task at hand. It's not about, okay, sit and read to sit and read. It's yeah. complete the task in the game, and mm -hmm. you're going to have to read to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not mm -hmm. sit and read to make mama happy. Right. right. <laughs> it's sit and read to make that. yourself happy, <laughs> which is play. I mean. Yeah, have you met my kid? She don't care about making me happy. <laughs> I love your kid. <laughs> so I mean, and it's, it's amazing because I, I I noticed because my mother's in town right now, and previously when my mother's been in town, I was like, well, do you want to, you know, do you want to, do you want to read with Nana? Do you want to read this to Nana? Because she'll like she'll write stories. You want to go read your story to Nana? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay. She's like, I'll read it to you. And I'm like, okay, you can read it to me because I, I was like the only person she would read with. Um, and then we had something at the at the table the other night. We were sitting at the dinner table and we were getting ready to have dinner. Uh, and she just picked it up. My mother was sitting right there. She just picked it up and started reading right in front of my mother. And my mother was like, she's reading in front of, in front of me. And you're like, <laughs> don't say anything. Don't call attention to it. <laughs> Act like nothing's happening. Act like this is just every other day. <laughs> but she's she's developed that kind of confidence and comfort. Right? That's awesome. Um, and... You know, and it was it's it's amazing for me to see that, right? Because it made me it made me kind of forclimped, right? Um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna you know, get a little messy right here. Uh, but but those kinds of things when we start talking about just letting kids play at stuff, right? Play at whatever you want to play at. Do what you want to do. Experiment, right? right? Try something and see what happens. Exactly, right? Exactly. I mean, if we do a lot of play. Um, like not only video games, we do analog games too in, in our homeschooling, right? So like I said, I, I like to get a little sneaky with it, right? Because games teach so much. Um, games teach so much that it's, it's fun to watch them use the things that they've learned in the gameplay because it reinforces it for them. Like we'll play a game like 
I swear to God, it was like you're pulling teeth to get them to to even think about like vocabulary and um, right because if you use those words, they're just like I don't, I don't want any part of that, right? But we started playing bananagrams. So it's like okay, we're gonna play bananagrams. We're gonna make some words. We're gonna throw these words out there, and then then we can pick six words and we make up a funny story, right? Or we would like go round robin. Um, and everybody would use one word in a sentence to make up a crazy story. <laughs> um, and they were just great with that, right? They, Eventually, they could do like apples to apples. That's some serious vocab. Yeah, well, you know, well, the, the bananagrams were making, they're making their own words, right? So oh, it's like, cool. it's like Scrabble without a board, right? So they, they would make like smaller words and then I would go in and like put a big word right in the middle, right? Maybe like, How'd you use all your letters? Like 40 years of Scrabble, 40 years of Scrabble. <laughs> Rhetoric. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, to, to play games with them in that way, right? And, you know, sometimes it's, it's funny because people are like, well, what did you do? And they're like, well, we played Bananagrams or we played Splendor or, you know, we played these things. And they're or like, we played dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Yeah, we, we played, right? Right. You played. It couldn't possibly have been learning. Right. Right. I mean, and, it, it's and did you do it between nine and eleven in the morning? Because <laughs> that's that's when brains work. That's oh God. Work. <laughs> we do we do it all day long, in all different kinds in all different kinds of ways, right? I mean, and like the things that we're doing, like Alicia's having mic troubles. That's why she keeps popping in and out. Mm -hmm. um, but she started doing improv with them. Ooh, fun. <laughs> right. Think on your feet. Do quick problem solving. Uh -huh. Here's a here's a problem. Here's a here's an issue. How are you going to integrate that into your play? Right? Um, and not only is it a ton of fun and it's hilarious, and we're all rolling on the floor and laughing, but they're learning and they're mm -hmm. thinking and they're figuring things out, right? They're gonna remember that forever. And that is better preparation for real life learning than whether they can identify shapes when they're three and <laughs> colors when they're four. Oh my God. And write their name when they're five. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? To, to, to think about it in that way. So, I mean, because, because when I, when I decided, when I decided I was going to homeschool, it's like, I need, all the homeschooling books and I need all the unschooling books and I'm going to read them all because yes. even though even though I am a trained teacher and I actually have experience teaching elementary school, this whole homeschooling thing just throws me totally off. And plus it's been 20 odd years since I've done that. It's um, scary as shit. Like I would love to homeschool, but I don't know how you make time for it. And I guess you just do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have time for this, but you just do it because it matters for your kid. Yeah. I really wish that I had been able to figure out how to do it because I cannot tell you how many times I sent my kids off to school with a pep talk about playing the game and jumping through the hoops and we'll undo it when you get home. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> You're killing me. I have to stop now, quick. <laughs> we'll fix it you sorry, sorry. We'll like, get out. <laughs> My kids are fine, for the record. I'm sure that there's so many of them are, in a way. But then, like, they so get to our college classrooms, and I mean, I can see the damage that's been done mm -hmm. by K-12. 
Mm -hmm. And I have to undo that on like first day of class with first year students. I'm like, okay, you're going to use I in your writing. Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're calling it an <laughs> argument. I don't care what your, your teacher called it before or if you've never heard of that because you've only been like elaborating <laughs> or something. Just mm -hmm. describing. Um, it's cra oh it's crazy. Just like basic stuff that they're terrified and they're even just like, I don't know if you've had this experience, Sam, but like if you're trying to teach with games and you're asking them to purchase a game <laughs> and like actually play it instead of reading for class, mm -hmm. they will freaking lose. The like some of them are just so against it and like they're, they're terrified. And I they, guarantee they, you their moms want to call you. Oh, I'm and sure. That's exactly what care. I was going to say. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Right. When you have oh, God. them purchase a game instead of like, it's like, so you have to buy this book, this book and this game, right? Oh no, and it's this book and this game and this game and this game. Right? And, I, and I've had, and I've had kids come in and go, um, can, can you email my mom? And I'm like, why, why do I need to email your mom? Because she doesn't believe I really she doesn't need believe I need this game for class. Oh my god. I've had that response with graphic novels before too. Yeah. Um, but I had a student once, he uh he got a text from his mom during class and they were doing group work. So he he responded back and uh, she was asking, like, what are you doing in class? And he was like, We're making memes. And she was like, What the hell am I paying X numbers of dollars a year for you to make memes in class? Just like fucking lost it. <laughs> and I'm like Oh God, calm your parent down, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, there is something about it, right? There is something about the way that adults respond to the, to the idea of play mm -hmm. in a classroom that affects the way kids respond to the idea of play, yeah. right? Because yeah. they're, 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 they're sent off to college with their parents tell them, don't play around, right? It's a serious yeah. business, right? It's this is your thing. future, right? What a great piece of advice. <laughs> exactly. What an effective parenting technique. I mean, my mom's only advice to me when I went to college was don't take a women's studies class because it'll turn you lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry I'm to laugh on that. Mike like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you we know, haven't I'm, spoken in a decade, so <laughs> I got you beat 25 years. Oh, well, um, I'll get there. Yeah. Uh so you know, we're seeing lots of preschool age children who don't know how to play. You, you put open-ended materials or anything in front of them that's not from a movie, mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's partially because of commercialization and marketing techniques, and it's partially because parents don't understand the value of it and feel like to be a good parent, they have to be doing all these academic kinds of things and uh, club kind of things and play groups like organized sports play groups that aren't play groups yeah organized activities right. at and, and two here's, years here's old a specific here's a set of things that is going to make a specific thing and you need to make that specific yes. thing to prove right to demonstrate that you have an understanding yeah. of the directions you have to build that right. thing otherwise you fail and and i'll take that a little further it's not so much about the child demonstrating they can do it as it is the adult demonstrating that they have made a good child. This too. Oh, that is so <laughs> twisted. This that is fucked up. <laughs> I mean, that, that, you know what, Heather, you are spot on with that. Um, I know. 
<laughs> I said it because it's true. <laughs> Thank I you for the validation. Probably, probably not so much as a as a teacher, but as a parent and an academic. People mm-hmm. who are constantly putting their kids into competition with one another to prove that their kid is as good as, if not better than, X's kid. Mm-hmm. Right? And therefore, I am if as good as, if not right. better than, that parent. Or it's just damn good genetics, right? Because they, they got good genes. Because I, I read when I was three. So, of course, yeah. they were going to read when they were three. Uh, yeah. Never mind that reading before you're seven usually doesn't take and comprehension is typically less. <laughs> <laughs> Wasting your time. It's like, just, just play the, you know, and that's, and that's interesting, right? Because, because like I said, I, I, I struggled because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Even though I know all the things, right. I know what's right. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's also kind of my own guilt complex. I'm like, am I am I doing the right thing by homeschooling? Yeah. Maybe I'm fucking her up. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing, right? You're um, always going to wonder if you're fucking them up. You, right. You, yeah, clearly. And probably we all are in some way. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no such thing as perfect. Yeah. And, and like perfect for whom? Also, also perfect is boring. Yeah, totally. We, we have a saying in our house, the weird is good. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna get one of those like kitschy signs to hang in your kitchen. Weird is good. <laughs> Sam will cross stitch you. I was gonna say maybe I'll cross stitch. Please. <laughs> like you need another project, but she does. I will accept. <laughs> We're cross stitching on Saturday. I'll oh, get her going. Nice. There we go. <laughs> All the cross stitch. <laughs> I can make you a monument in Minecraft. It says weird is good. <laughs> My kid likes to build huge things in Minecraft. Oh, that's awesome. Mine likes to dig giant holes until she finds <laughs> the lava. <laughs> and she wants to move the water. So she'll like, go to the edge of the water and start digging. I'm like, child, you are going to drown so hard. <laughs> you know what's so great, though, is those are totally themes that children do in regular play that's not necessarily gaming. They're building or they're digging or they're... Right. <laughs> They, they and lava floor, lava and floor, lava floor. Yeah. Who doesn't day. want to see what happens when the lava yeah. meets the water? That's awesome. Yep. And you know what's really interesting is that okay, so and, and because we're talking, we, you were talking earlier about YouTubers, right? Oh, because I, I, okay, I have to admit because you know, technology is my thing, media is my thing. So I'm always like, I was like, I consume so much media because you know I do game studies, right? that I was like, ah, oh, I don't want my kid like in front of a TV 40 hours a day. Um, not that you can be in front of a TV 40 hours a day, but right. So there were things. And so when she decided she was going to watch YouTubers, uh, I, I, I monitor the YouTubers she watched because I've seen some of these YouTubers and we know what YouTubers do. They're pretty much assholes. Most of them. Yes. Yeah. So I yeah. monitor the YouTubers she watches and I find ones that are, that are like safe, kid safe, kid friendly. Um, <laughs> And I was like, but she's just watching YouTubers. She's like, I got an hour to watch TV right now. So I'm going to watch four episodes of Stampy Cat building blah in Minecraft. Um, and, and she did. And I'm like, why? Why? What, what is this doing? Right? And I'm like, and she's like, totally like, well, she'll, she'll be, she won't just like sit and stare at the TV. She's a multitasker like me. So she'll watch TV and then she'll be like sketching something in her sketchbook. And like, you'll see wheels turning, right? And she won't think about it like at all. 
And then like a month later, <laughs> she'll come out with like a notebook and that thing that she saw Stampy Cat do, right, a month ago, she will take that and integrate it into her own building like a month later. Oh, right? cool. And be able to start, because I just, uh, to start, I watched, started watching, I watched Stampy Cat with her just so that I can see, because it makes me feel like less of a horrible parent for letting my kid watch all these people on YouTube. Um, <laughs> But to to and, and because we do now play Minecraft together, uh, which was something I absolutely hated, and I was really happy that at the beginning she, when every other kid started playing Minecraft, she was like, uh, "Why would I want to play Minecraft?" Game. <laughs> <Hey, Ooh>, yes. <laughs> you, just, you just dig holes and break rocks, and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> hated forever, and then she decided that Minecraft was the greatest thing ever. Mm. Um, so. Uh, to, to be able to watch that and to see that it makes me feel like less of, less of an awful parent but then also to see the way that she plays um, and to see how that play works out when she starts doing stuff like building circuits and when she starts to do things like build narratives and starts to talk about narratives that exist in these worlds that she builds mm. um, I'm like let just and then I was like convincing myself like okay Sam just let her play around with it just let her play around with it and see how it works and that is so much richer than any school curriculum literacy task. You or like instruction, right? right? You weren't telling her, this is how you have to play Minecraft. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> secretly I was hoping she wouldn't play it. Right. how you tell a story. <laughs> but you let her play it. That's, you know, good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, my, my daughter watches YouTubers who do Little Big Planet too, and she wants to see like she has specific questions about how to make something in a level, or she just wants to watch four a four player group go through a level, and like I don't know. So so that's funny to her. She's five. Yeah, she's five. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. and I'm not saying that she can recreate exactly what's going on when she's watching someone do but we'll often have the level creation open and we'll be going step by step what is the person in the video doing and like there's circuit boards and you can program sack bots to like <laughs> run around and do stuff so i'm like ooh, early programming sweet <laughs> <laughs> okay so we've been talking for a while but i want to make sure we get this I, I get this question in because heather you and i have, have had this discussion so I want you to tell us, because um, originally you may not have been the biggest, and I'm not saying you're a big proponent now, but right. video games may not may not have fallen pretty high on your list of play for kids. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, really just until a couple years ago. And I remember very vividly reading the book that changed my mind and posting on Facebook that my mind was being changed. And you <laughs> thinking I was wanting to argue with you. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, I'm coming around. <laughs> Which book? Tell me, must know. Um, well, it's called Technology and Digital Media in the Early Years, Tools for Teaching and Learning. Okay. It's a collection of essays edited by Chip Donahue. Um, but you know, honestly, it's really pretty, it's so simple. So my original concerns or hesitations or whatever were, um, and, and still are, um, screens are too often used for baby as babysitters or yes. distractions mm -hmm. or mindless. And also just being annoyed, um, as someone who tries to do early childhood education, uh, well and appropriately, 
Um, but it was constantly losing families to centers that could promise they had computers in every classroom and mm. iPads. So that's where I kind of was coming from. But, um, but also I had this image of the gamer as a loner with no social skills. And <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to our world. Stunted emotional development. Um, they still I, exist. I, oh, I, yeah. So quite honestly, the thing that changed my mind in this book was just two sentences where, where he says, um, the author of the, one of the essays says that um, they, were, they were doing some work in a classroom and the teachers were surprised to find that the tablets and screens weren't isolating children, that that's where a lot of social play was happening. Yeah. And a lot of emotional experience was happening because of the, the failure and the risk taking and the trying and trying again. But it was the kid at the easel who was standing by himself with nobody <laughs> playing with him and nobody talking to him. And for some like, reason that just clicked a switch for me. <laughs> yeah, like what's more isolating than reading a book? Yeah, exactly yeah you can't you can't you don't share that book in the same way that you share a tablet it's like oh look at this thing look look yeah. look at what i built can we yeah. do it together can you help? <laughs> i got excited yeah i think i think sort of built on that is um you know, I get so annoyed at the put your phones away, put your TV away and be part mm -hmm. of the family or whatever. And the mm -hmm. commercials where everybody has to throw their phone in the basket before dinner. Yes. Whatever. But um, because of what I see now is parents and very young children bonding over those screens, whether that's sitting and sharing a phone and looking at a game or um, talking about what they want to play on that phone. I, I'm coming around. <laughs> I mean, my daughter loves the phone as a camera. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to take a billion pictures right. and videos. And, and she's also, and I have mixed feelings about this, I guess, but, you know, those toxic YouTubers, she wants to make videos like they do, right? <laughs> yeah. And she, she, she wants to narrate her. So, like, even outside with no screens in sight when, you know, we're playing in the yard, she will narrate her play as though she's in a video game. She will say, <laughs> like, push the space bar to make me jump. Push the right arrow key and I'll move right. <laughs> Click me if you want to see what I have to say. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Well, you know, and an argument could be made then too, even looking at some of the stupid learning objectives, like they're learning to follow directions. They're learning to remember patterns there you know there's just all kinds of stuff we can make anything fit a learning objective if we are strong enough in our own philosophy and our own knowledge to be able to make the connection for the people who can't make it yeah. does that make sense because it kind of sounded like it wasn't in my no, own it made perfect sense. In, in my kitchen it sounded like a mess <laughs> <laughs> no but you're right there are people who are are not like they're stuck in those mindsets mm -hmm. um, like the one that you had before you read those two sentences you know? <laughs> and, and, and like the fact that you were reading that book at all speaks to the fact that you were open to having your mind changed. Yeah. Many people are not I got so it much for free, <laughs> <laughs> but you still took the trouble to read it. Reading's not right. exactly. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> haven't read every book I got for free. Not me neither. <laughs> you know, probably I was reading it to argue with it. Honestly, part, um, probably I was probably going into it thinking I'm going to find all the places this is wrong and then I'm going to blog about it. <laughs> but at least well, you I'm wanted to honor that day. I'm really <laughs> glad you were honoring. <laughs> but some people also would be so like stuck in in old 
ideas that they wouldn't even be able to admit that they were reconsidering. Right. They still would have written that blog. Right, right. Well, I, I, I don't know do how you how you talk to those people. <laughs> I don't either. That's why I'm reading this book about changing people's minds that I talked about in the very beginning. And this is a, a widespread cultural problem, right, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. So when you figure that out, how to change people's minds and to make them think, make them listen to you, right? To, not to make them think like you, to make right. them listen to you. Shout I'll, it to the mountaintops. I'll read okay. the book. I'll synthesize the the, the knowledge that's relevant, <laughs> and tell me all about it. I'll I'll make a Facebook post. <laughs> all right, I'm friending you. Only to select people, this. Heather. Only to select people, right? Yes, I, I have. <laughs> I have new Facebook groups, so I don't get myself into as much trouble. I have I have a serious hardcore echo chamber because I never get myself in trouble. <laughs> Not on Facebook. Oh. Mm. Well, I, I I didn't think I was gonna, but <laughs> I wish I could say I didn't. I did. Yes, I am. <laughs> the poster child. All right. Well. I don't want to keep you guys all night because this is this has been a great conversation. But I do want to stop and say that you are both welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> I'm glad we were fun enough. I was so worried I wasn't gonna have anything to say. <laughs> all we had to do is piss you off. Yeah. Well, I'll just bring you all onto my podcast next. Oh, sweet. I hey, I am completely down for that. Plug that in. Because I do think that this is a relevant conversation for people who work in, with young children and in early childhood settings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm totally willing to come on and talk to you. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Anytime. We can we can we can switch up any old time. So, but thanks so much for coming in and talking with us um, and sharing your knowledge and your experiences. So I want to I want to plug your show, Heather. Okay, I'll let you. I'll allow <laughs> it because because it's fun, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so Heather podcasts over at uh, the Early Childhood Nerd. That yeah. early childhood nerd. That early. I said very that early. That yeah. So you got to look for that early childhood nerd. <laughs> When you go to when you go to iTunes or are you on are you on well, Stitcher or anything or just iTunes just iTunes and actually the podcast is called Cause and Effect A N not right. A N D um, so probably on iTunes that's what you'd have to search but for but if you went onto Facebook you could find that early childhood that early childhood podcast is also disseminated there and you're uh, what are you E C E underscore nerd on, on Twitter? Twitter yep yep. Um, so yeah, cause and effect. You're right. I I, I did just finish my second um, thing of cider. We know uh, you're drunk. <laughs> I am drunk. And uh, <laughs> not. <laughs> I have imbibed a little. Um, so yeah, cause and effect. It's yep. got it's got Thank an you. amazing little logo. It's blue and yellow and orange. Um, it's cause and effect. Um, and she's definitely causing an effect. So <laughs> if you are interested in early childhood education or you have children of your own or you just like to hear people take it, take a book quote and run with it. <laughs> yes. Cause and effect is the show for you. Um, and Heather super, she's wicked smart. Um, don't miss it. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> And so with that, I felt
felt like a prize package. I felt like a prize package on the prices right there for a minute. Where? Behind door number three. We have. Maybe I'm drunk. I don't know. I'm sorry. Y'all. That is going to bring us to the end of episode 149. So until next time where we get together for episode 150. We have a great episode. We have a we have a whole series of great episodes lined up. Um, and you guys just kicking it off for us. <clears throat> um, so we got a whole series of great episodes out. But we yeah. I'm excited. I can tell. I know. Bring them on. I'm flubbing my words because I'm excited. (laughs) So until next time, stay warm, stay dry, and as always, my friends, play on.